0: Hello and good evening everyone, welcome to this week's new episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and friends, and of course I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and as you can tell by the headlines that I've been posting all day, we have an incredible show for you today with breaking news regarding Sony's extremely and shocking poor sales in japan in 2020 folks we have new information that suggests all of those second and third party deals that we saw on the playstation 4 well those japanese developers could be turning their eyes to the xbox brand and that japanese experience that we have all been asking for could come to the community in spades leaving sony in the dust but we're going to get into that and of course we have some of the biggest anniversaries of 2021 quite frankly it is an incredibly stout list and phil spencer has been dropping some knowledge bombs regarding the bethesda deal that's that's scheduled to be signed this spring hopefully in late february and when that happens folks The only place you're going to be able to play a Bethesda uh, first-party Xbox game is, of course, on PC or Xbox. And we have proof that suggests that as well. But let's get into the introductions. And, of course, we're going to start with our very special guest of the day. He has been in the chat and... For, for what seems like years. We have been working behind the scenes to get him on tonight's program. He is here all the way from Australia. Please welcome D. Black Raven.
1: Oh, my God. We're finally here. We're doing this. This is me, D. Black Raven, coming live on Primetime Gaming with the other guys and the Primetime Game crew. Are you guys ready? Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share it on Twitter. Let's get everyone into party chat. Let's go.
0: Well, thank Hell you yeah. so
1: much. Thank you for being here, dude. It's a pleasure
0: to finally get you on the show. And obviously, this will not be your last um, visit to this part of the gaming podcasting universe. As a matter of fact, you, my friend are making the rounds, because not only are you on today's program, you're going to be over there with our very good brother from the other side of Canada, Noof Newcombs, gaming after dark tomorrow evening, and then you're going to finish your trip uh, of of the United States with Wilmy Hood on Wednesday, making the rounds is, uh, I guess you can call that uh, just ho-hum of, because my goodness, three podcasts in a row all people that we love and respect in the gaming community. And I think you're going to have a blast starting with tonight's show. But let's continue with the rest of the panel. You know him as our resident Kate Crusader. He got here on time because the Joker blew himself up. Please welcome Cipher <laughs>
2: What's going on, everyone? It's good to be here. First and foremost, Happy New Year to everyone in the panel, everyone in the chat, everyone listening in afterwards it feels amazing to be here we have crispy we have d black raven the man who's always ahead of me on the achievement leaderboards let me tell you he's always <laughs> ahead of me i can't catch up it's crazy <laughs> but it's gonna be a fun one glad to be here with mag with you boom hey me and mag finished hive busters i wish i was here Ooh. last week so we can talk about it it was amazing and if amazing. you have not tried it yet amazing game go ahead and try it and yeah we got some fun topics let's get it going love being here
0: well, it's great to have you a part of the show. And of course, someone that has, for the second week in a row, swooped in like a superhero with a chainsaw in hand to help us out and add some, I guess, stoutness, if you will, to the panel. Please welcome the best voice in podcasting, Crispy Bomb.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you, Boom. Uh, yeah. yeah We're we talking <laughs> right through that, bitch. Let's go. Uh, yeah i am here uh kind of out of the, the blue but hey we got some great topics i could i could just see that you know i i got the full-on show notes baby so let's go
0: yeah there's a lot to get okay. into and it's great to have you part i definitely appreciate you uh being here as always um our very good friend gaming forte is running slightly behind he should be here momentarily but then the I guess you can call him the Canadian mooch of them all. Please welcome (laughs) the other fantastic deep-voiced man. You know him as Mag. I know him as one of my very good friends. Mag, middle-aged gamer, welcome to the program.
4: Yes, well, good evening, boom. Good evening, chat, and good evening, panel. And a special good evening to our dear guests, Crispy Bomb and, of course, D. Black Raven, All the way from the land down under. And uh, yes, I am excited to be here tonight. We got some great topics. We got a lot of fire. We got a lot of energy. Got a lot of great things to talk about. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's so
0: we're gonna start with the breaking news. And I say breaking because this is a story that has politely been in the shadows since November. And you know, one of the biggest regions for Sony's PlayStation during the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PS3 era, of course, was Japan. And you know we have new information from Famitsu Wave, one of the biggest Japanese publications in that region of the world. And look, we, we we have we have to talk about numbers. And what shocked me as not only a podcaster or a fan of, of of the PlayStation brand, I I'm usually pretty sharp when it comes to reading and then writing these topics. And this one, I actually almost got wrong and had to reread the original post. And it was reported that even though Japan was one of the seven regions that received PlayStation 5 consoles during the November 12th, 2020 launch, in a new article from Gaming Bolt, they're reporting that Sony's next-gen console, along with the PlayStation 4 Slim and Pro, has officially sold under 1 million units in Japan. Now folks, let that sit in for a second, okay? Again, like you, I had to reread it because I thought the article was reporting that they sold under a million PlayStation 5s digital and physical. But that in fact is not the case. That includes all versions of the PlayStation 4. So understand this for a second. The PlayStation that is and was the one of the biggest selling Units in Japan sold under one million units, and that includes the newly released PlayStation Five physical and digital. Now, this comes to us, and this sales facts or data was was uh, compiled by Famitsu Wave, that exact publication that is one of the biggest gaming publications in that region of the world. Now, check this out. This comes on the heels that many japanese gamers in that country feel like sony has abandoned them and this this all stems from the o button which was on the controller it was their version of the x button was changed to the x button like we have it without any notification and that really set a sour mood for many many people in that region now this is where it starts to re- we start to get really into the weeds of where there actually may be a turning of the tides with content. And here is why. A Japanese-based analyst told Bloomberg, yes, that Bloomberg, that, that publication here in America, that the Xbox has a chance to make Japan its second largest market after the U.S. if it takes the right steps in the next couple of years. And this comes to us from Hideki um, uh, Yasuda. Now, he's an analyst at Ace Research Institute in Tokyo. And he says this, Sony's attention is drifting away from the fans Uh, In Japan, and they are starting to take notice. Now, D. Black Raven, I know you have a lot to say about this. Look, one of the feathers in the caps of many people who enjoy the PlayStation's um, exclusives to the Xbox exclusives, that came in the form of many Japanese based titles now that Japanese experience we're starting to finally get on the Xbox but for the Sony fans the PlayStation 4 was loaded with them you know we've seen them with the Yakuza's we've seen them with the Neo's we've seen them with the Near Automata's we've seen all those kinds of games that we wanted that we wind up getting much much later after the PlayStation folks got them was because Sony was the better-selling console. Now, the one thing that we talked about pre-game is how proud the Japanese uh, people are, and, and how they take uh, very—they uh, uh, don't take kindly to disloyalty. Mm-hmm. And if you ask a lot of people in the industry, many Japanese gamers feel as if Sony has dissed them, so to speak, and that could translate to sales of developers games on the platform, meaning that because Project Xcloud is doing so well in that country. We could see those same developers that put games exclusively on the PlayStation brand turn their eyes towards the Xbox brand because of how much mobile gaming is and how Xbox is looking to do the right thing in that country. D Black Raven, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, this is a, a very deep article to read through, but the thing is, is that X Cloud is the secret weapon for for gaming. The reason why the Xbox is are so ahead is because of X Cloud and Game Pass. Mobile devices—it's it's very large for the the world. People mm-hmm. are playing games, and when you think about it, CFEs has made one million players all the way from Japan because of X Cloud. But not only that too. I think it's got to do with scalpers as well. People having struggles to buy themselves a the PS5, and you see this ridiculous amount of prices. So the thing is, Phil Spencer's making the rounds in Japan, bringing Yakuza to Game Pass, Dragon uh, Quest, and I think even Neo-Automina. F- Final, F- Final, F- Final, F- Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Mine, dude. Fantasy dude, that's a big, big one. Final Fantasy
3: Star also, Fantasy Star also. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, there, yeah.
1: There's a lot. So Phil Spencer's been very aggressive to go out of Japan, grabbing all these IPs. For the ecosystem, for the, us to play, and the thing is, they have to not forget about uh, Google Stadia as well. Google Stadia's already putting their ecosystem into uh, LG TVs oh, geez. and the two LGs. So we could potentially see Google Stadia coming out swinging this year. Like we don't know, We've, we really don't know what's happening. So I don't think people should sleep on them for starters. And Xbox, and it's got to come out fighting that's all i can say well look
0: uh, here's the thing when you when you account for the majority of the conversation in last last generation uh it was xbox has no games more specifically xbox really didn't have japanese games and whenever a game was announced whether it be an ongoing ip like yakuza or a new ip like neo neo we as Xbox gamers didn't get those, and I have a real strong suspicion that with everything that is going on, folks again, we have to follow the breadcrumbs it's like it, 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 I'm not saying that I'm the greatest detective that's not that's not for me that's actually Cybernax because he's the Cape Crusader, but you have to follow the clues and the clues start with the analyst. Saying, and it wasn't just this one particular. I could have, pu- I could have pulled seventeen analysts that said the Japanese gaming community feels as if Sony has shunned them, that they are no longer important, and that is a bad thing. They and and how 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 do we come to that? Well, they change the O button to the X button and that set everyone on fire in that region of the world because that's not what they're used to. They have for years used the O button the way we use the X button. Sony changed that on them and it was a bit ba- it was a bad look and they have not fixed it as of yet. So when you start to hear that in the year of 2020, a year of COVID by the way, where everyone is sheltering in place and playing more video games, they sold under a million consoles. That is during the PlayStation 5 launch, and I get it. You can't find the console, but that's crazy. Crispy Bomb, let's go to you. You're our other guest today, and you had a lot to say about this. Is it possible that we could see a turn in the tides on the way Japanese developers now look at the Xbox brand with all of the issues they're having with Sony?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely uh japanese developers are very good at taking chances they they also they make games that most people wouldn't make and the problem is is the taking chances part and for having game pass and xcloud in in a a similar aspect of what you would honestly think would not be feasible you would not be able to sell or or, or something like that. They're going to take chances, and and they're going to make games that they want to make yeah. because they can go to Game Pass. If, if it doesn't work right off rip, if they, they're like, oh, we didn't sell enough, you can go to Game Pass and be like, hey, you give us a couple million to keep us afloat or whatever if it's a smaller developer. If it's a larger developer, they're just putting money in their pocket. And you say, okay, now it's it's going to be uh, released on Game Pass. I mean, Game Pass has been doing this for God knows how long. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, games have been revived because of this. It, it only makes sense that they, they gravitate to something that not only has just Game Pass. But you also think about the X Cloud aspect, which really hasn't truly been released yet which is kind of crazy because so many people are already using it it's it's like they're like oh we're not going to say the actual launch we're just gonna we're gonna let people you know buy in as they go because they probably want the iphone the apple to be able to use it just off an app rather than going through the browser i mean that that's what it comes down to it's almost like Xbox seems like because i see a lot more japanese rpgs coming in than Mm -hmm. anything else but it's on game pass and i don't care because i still have my gears my halos whatever is coming in there for me being a western type player and the one thing that a lot of people ignore is that sony moved to california you know their development and everything else it's been in California. Their major studios are in California. So Sony said, PlayStation, you're going to California. They're, they're making Western RPGs. Regardless of what you think, because it's a Japanese culture, Ghost of Tsushima is kind of a Western RPG.
0: It is. It is definitely a Western-like you're, RPG for sure. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so... I'm sure the Japanese people feel that they are they're hurting inside because they don't want that. They, they actually like cartoony. A lot of people are trash on cartoony. They actually like that. That's why that's why all of the 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 things that they love are still a little bit cartoony. It might not be totally what we're used to like watching Dragon Ball Z back in the day and all that, but it, it it's it still has a cartoon aspect. And they probably look at some of these people that that go and say, oh, Xbox is releasing cartoony, and they're like, oh, I actually like that game. You know what I mean? We don't know. That's the whole point. So why sit there and and act like you know? All I can see is the sales that you just talked about, and it's not good.
0: No. no, It's
3: not good for PlayStation.
0: We have to, once again... Bring the numbers into the conversation, because at the end of the day, these companies move and shake with numbers. It's any business will do that. You got to understand something. When you tell me as a gamer who has seen the number of millions of consoles sold for the PlayStation brand, brought up in almost every conversation when talking about Sony, 105 million, 110 million, they're up to 113 or 112, whatever it is. It's a monster number that cannot be ignored. With that said, what can also not be ignored, and and again, politely and quietly, has not been in the conversation of who? Big media folks. Now, Gaming Bolt, one of my personal favorite, I would consider them an indie-esque kind of a a reporting, uh, a gaming site. They're small. They're probably doing it out of their garage the same way I'm doing this podcast. But you don't hear this from GameSpot. You don't hear this from Kotaku. You don't hear this from IGN, which we know is supported by Sony. This is a number that was reported upon, oh, by the way, Famitsu Wave, again, the number one publication in Japan, right? They were always a supporter of the Sony brand. Now, this is a damning report. Folks, a million consoles, and hold on a sec, under a million consoles sold in a 12-month calendar year for the PlayStation that includes all versions of the PlayStation 4, and both new versions of the PlayStation 5. Folks, that is freaking mind-blowing. Cyber, I want to go to you next on this. Listen, there's a lot to break down here. But I think the, the writing on the wall could essentially be that all of these trips that Phil Spencer has been taking in the last 18 to 24 months, handshaking and 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 getting these, these deals done may really be much bigger than we originally thought. How big of a deal would it be to have a lot of these Japanese developers start releasing these games, if not exclusive, no longer timely uh, exclusive for PlayStation, and releasing them both at the same time? Cyber, you're there. You're on mute, brother.
2: Sorry. Sorry. I was on mute. Yeah. Uh, It would be a huge deal. You know, this brings me back to uh, that Phil interview that he says he cringes anytime there's a game that comes out and it comes out everywhere else and then doesn't come out on Xbox, you know? So this could potentially turn, uh, do have a bit of a, um, a shift. And actually, you know, help uh, Xbox here and get some of these games. Um, however, there's you know so many variables thrown into this mix here. I do agree that's very troublesome. That on your home turf, your your console's not doing well. I know there was a rumor back in December or maybe November of last year that Sony was uh wasn't focusing as much on the Japanese market. Yes. They were focusing more on North America and Europe. And uh, obviously they denied that rumor. But now looking at these numbers that you just mentioned, boom, there could be some truth to that. You know, Um, uh, I also agree exactly with what the Black Raven said. Their gaming is starting to evolve. It's starting to shift into something that's more mobile. Right. We, you know. Uh, all over the world, everyone has, you know, a phone or, or a tablet or things like that. xCloud is a big factor. Stadia, um, streaming is becoming something, you know, may not be popular, as popular as we think right now, but it's gaining popularity, right? It's getting some sort of traction and um, that could have, you know, some sort of, of, of shift on what's going on over there as well. You know, unfortunately, everything that happened with COVID as well, that could affect production, but the console seems to be popular all over the world, and for it not to be as popular or as the men uh, or have the same kind of demand that all previous consoles had, it, it's alarming, it's a bit shocking, you know, especially with the popularity that you see everywhere else. It's sold out everywhere else. Um, I know people in Europe have you know archimedes he paid for his in full and he still hasn't gotten one i believe yeah you no know? yeah, that's true it, it's insane and so um
3: and, and that's true for both consoles by the way they're having issues with that type of thing like, for sure
2: yeah um but on the ps5 there's something that you mentioned too boom and um my girl when she uh because she worked for uh i mentioned here before she worked on uh for emirates she she used to tell us that how proud the Japanese people were that yeah. they would they would never complain they would never do anything but if you if you did something that they didn't like or or there was something that happened that caused them to not trust you anymore literally they would never fly with or, or do business with that company again. Yeah, you know, they she they said they're they're extremely proud people. Dishonored, exactly. Dude absolutely yeah. absolutely and the things that you mentioned the shift here in the shift that they've been doing uh slowly you know changing the x and o button that's something that they took you know kind of heavy-hearted over there you know all these things add up to eventually you see it could be a reflection of the sales numbers so yeah is there potential is, is it a big deal of course it is you know um but i think uh after they'll have, after we see another, um, uh, another batch come, <clears throat> excuse me, come out and, uh, and we see more numbers down the road, then we can, you know, evaluate this a little bit better. But is it alarming? A hundred percent. Could Xbox benefit from this from a Japanese developer? Also 100%.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and, and I think that we're gonna, time is only gonna tell like, uh, but, but again, the numbers don't lie and i think that that we we are in for some uh, i think this is going to be a much different uh, again I, i'm not suggesting that microsoft is going to wipe the floor with the playstation uh, 5 I, I quite frankly love both systems uh, equally to be honest i think both of them are going to be uh, are going to have a great generation i just think that the way that Sony wiped the floor with Microsoft in console sales in this country and other parts of the world, I think that that is no longer going to be the case. And I think Japan, because they are a mobile gaming culture, I think that Microsoft is is poised to potentially really take on Sony. And maybe even one up on them, but I, I saved Mag for uh, for the end of it. Now, Mag, listen, you you obviously are going to have a big opinion about this, and the numbers don't lie. And the one thing that Microsoft suffered during this generation was not so much their first party stuff, which we're going to get into because we have a big we have a big big Microsoft Bethesda topic that we're going to get on the back end of the show, but. These smaller games that are considered by many to be like niche titles. And we saw them reign supreme on the PlayStation 4. We still see them reign supreme on the Nintendo Switch. These two particular brands during last generation saw many, many Japanese related titles come to those consoles and not even look towards the Xbox brand, because it was a brand that did did not have any traction, nor did it have any value in Japan. But that changed in the summer of this year when they released X Cloud into Korea and, of course, into Japan. And one of the first games that were in that in inside of that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate was fantasy star online too and it took off like a bat out of hell and i think that a lot of the japanese development community saw that i think that there is a lot of value in xbox game pass and i think that because of the way sony has treated that community there's a good chance that we could see a changing of the guard what are your thoughts on that dude
4: well, I' got a lot of thoughts because I, I there's like eight million different directions that this conversation can go. But uh, I'll see if I can rope this all in like a cattle rancher. So <laughs> let me start with uh, let me start with one thing. First of all, there's no console war in Japan because people th- I know people over there. they don't mm-hmm. really buy consoles. Some do, yes, okay? I'm not gonna say it's it's dead, but it's not the vast majority, correct. Okay? And, and who's going to fit a PS5 in a Japanese apartment? <laughs> <laughs> okay? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to close your bedroom window. You'd have to put half the console outside. Anyway,
3: in all seriousness. Do you have to heat your house. No. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
4: So anyways, in all seriousness, uh, here's the thing. It's all about accessibility in Japan. Okay? They want to be able to play their games, they they play some of our games. I say our, okay, but I mean by, like, Western culture games. If They're not as big over there. They want to play their games. But they also don't want to get into that. They don't want to get into those ecosystems to do it. If you could do it on your own cell phone, which everybody on Earth has, okay, in their hands, or a tablet, or something, something portable, something they can bring with them, that's why the Nintendo Switch is still doing well, okay, because it's portable, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that this is where this is where Sony drops the ball a little bit is that Microsoft is doing the X cloud thing. Okay. Google, I don't know what their plans are for 2021. They've been awfully quiet. Uh, Maybe they're going to start ramping something up. God knows what they're up to, but we're not talking about uh, stadia. We're talking about X cloud and we're talking about Sony and Sony's, um, remote play the only way you could do that is if you own the damn console so what's the point right so right. The thing is, with microsoft you don't have to own anything just a controller for the most part because mm-hmm. actually i've noticed on xcloud there's a lot of games that don't even require a controller anymore
0: yeah there's actually 21 games that use yeah. touch controls as <laughs> there you go show.
4: yeah that's a good introduction Okay, that's a good way to start, you know, with the the touch controls and everything else. So you've got that. So now you've got accessibility. So basically what people are going to have to do or want to do is be able to just subscribe to the service. Great. Okay. But what does Microsoft's responsibility now is to be able to cater to that crowd and to the games that they want to play. So what they need to do now is now that they say, okay, well, you know what, guys, we've got an opening. Our foot's in the door. Let's bash the door in. So that's when you start getting into these. uh, you got to get into those Japanese games, the games that they want to play. And that's where you start looking at... See, we've heard those rumors before. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I most certainly don't believe it. But you never know. Uh, Partnerships with Sega, um, they've already been Mm -hmm. doing that. But maybe something a little bit more substantial in 2021. Something to bolster that lineup for the the Asian market. I think that's a a brilliant move. So that's what they're going to have to do. Now, Sony, on the other hand... The one thing that I can't blame Sony for kind of not turning their back. That's going to sound too dramatic to say turning their back on, um, on the Japanese market. But they certainly are chasing the money. And who wouldn't? I mean, are you going to sit there and say, okay, well, what about Persona 5? Uh, uh, the... Persona 5 sold 3 million copies across yes. the world. Yeah. Okay, what is that compared to Spider-Man? Okay, 20 million copies that are selling in the Western markets. The money for the traditional console uh, gaming is in the Western markets. And by Western markets, it's not just North America. I'm going to include in that North America, Mexico, uh, uh, pockets of Europe, the UK, Australia. Okay, those are what I consider to be the Western markets. And those are the ones that buy The Last of Us. Okay, that buy... I'm talking about from the Sony side. Uh, The Last of Us, God of War... Those kind of games, okay? Ghost of Tsushima, uh, all these games, right? But the thing is, that's where the money is. So if why would you bother? I would say, listen, guys, it's not working out. Just like Crispy said about 10 minutes ago, Sony moved their headquarters, okay, for the gaming division into California. That's where the money is. The money is there. So you follow the money. Wouldn't you do that? I mean, if you were looking for a job or you're making money, or let's say you're in a business for yourself, and... There's an area here that you're like, okay, well, it's kind of wishy-washy on the business side, but over there, there's tons of money to be made. Wouldn't you move your ass over there where the money is? That's what I do. And so I think it's I don't think it's hard feelings. I don't think they're doing it like in a negative. I think it's just business. Okay. I think it's business. And I don't blame them because that's where the money is for traditional console gaming. And like yeah. I said, you you take Persona 5, you take your Neo, your, your Neo 2. That sells 1.2 to 2 million uh, copies, 3 million copies. And then you got God of War breaking the door down with 18 to 20 million. Spider-Man, 20 million. Let's not talk about Miles Morales right now. But, you know, those games. Uh, Last of Us, okay? Last of Us 2. All those games did incredibly well. So that's where you focus, okay? So you shift your business, you focus to that. And let's face it. Sony's number one income. And the only thing that's keeping them afloat is the Sony PlayStation. Because without the PlayStation, they're dead, okay? I don't, don't even come at me with that stuff. Their movie division, yeah, okay, they have a couple of gems here and there, and they do well. But not on the whole. They're losing money. Their TVs, not a huge market now. They're getting drowned out by wow. Samsung, LG, okay, all these other companies, okay? So their biggest money maker is the PlayStation. So they've got to follow the money. And I don't blame them for that. As for the Japanese people, I think this is an opportunity for Microsoft to get in there. Okay, like I said, you got your foot in the door, kick the door down. You got to be it. You got to promote that service. X Cloud, X Cloud, X Cloud. You got to promote it, and you've got to make it better. Because I'm still having, and I, I'm just gonna, I'm going to criticize a little bit. Okay. If you're going to try and attempt to dominate a market, you better make sure that those damn servers are up, running, and good. I'm still trying to do yeah. xCloud on 5G fiber-optic internet, and I'm still having a problem in my own house. Wow. Okay, I still yeah, have some tough. issues with it. Well, okay, It sounds you know, like a Canadian problem. I got a gig up and a gig down, and it's still jittery, but everything else, my God, I could download a game in 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes.
2: Wow. Okay, look, it's still reason, on you know, iOS, man. I
4: can't yeah, even get right. that. So. so, anyways, that's what they need to do, and I don't. I this doesn't surprise me at all. When this news article came up, it did, and and I took a look at it. It didn't surprise me one bit that this is what's happening because you know what, the demographics are going to change. The companies are going to shift their focus, and they're going to find. Uh, they they need to follow the money. Microsoft now has that opportunity to jump into that Asian market, take control. Okay, but they need to make those partnerships. Look, the thing is this, what's what's interesting, what, what is
0: interesting is for many, you know, this generation just started. Last generation was seven years. And when you look at what, uh, what Sony has done in their first party, there's no denying from 2018 on, it was nothing but a kick-ass game and showpiece one after another. And I think that there, there comes a point where, you see this happen across the board. This is, just, this is just a life quote. This isn't just Sony or Microsoft or me or you or the New York Yankees or the horrible Pittsburgh Steelers uh, that, that <laughs> got bombed yesterday. What this is, is it seems as if Sony is resting on their laurels of being, a great, being as great as they were. And I think that what you're starting to see is the laziness. And and again, maybe I'm looking at this from a different perspective. But when your home turf is telling you, and this is coming from analysts. Like I said, I could have name dropped at least another six. We don't have time for that. This is a podcast, not a book read club. So I kept <laughs> it just to the one guy that, that made the most powerful comment. And if you're interested, DM me. I'll send you all the articles that I use and you could read for yourself. But Microsoft quietly is positioning themselves, not saying that they've won Generation Next. I'm saying that they are not going to be in third place for much longer, especially when you consider the overarching plan. And this is where Sony has dropped the ball. They don't want an Xbox Game Pass, right? Uh, you know, Jim Ryan, who said big things are coming, never came. And I think the big thing that's coming is they're probably going to rope uh, PS Now into your PS Plus subscription. But you're never going to get Xbox Game Pass like uh, on, on, the, on the PlayStation brand. You're just not because they are an old school mentality company. And they want to sell your consoles and they want to sell you the games. But I got to tell you. I have to tell you Japan if this analyst is right and Japan becomes the second largest place to play Xbox folks that is going to change opinions in a big way when talking about the Xbox brand in this new generation but I do want to move on to the next big topic and this one this one's kind of a fun one um I don't know how many people are going to get as excited as I was to write it. You know, with a new year comes, of course, new games, right? I mean I, I think I think it's I think it's safe to say that, right? But with new games that are coming that are poised to release in 2021, some of the gaming well some of gaming's biggest franchises are going to be celebrating some incredible milestones in, in gaming. And I put a list together, and what we're going to do is we're gonna—I'm just going to read you off the list of who's celebrating what anniversary and how big of a deal it is. And we're going to pick a couple of out. We're going to pick a few. We're going to get to those particular few. We're going to get the the panel's opinion on them. And Nintendo, who ha- who is uh, rumored to be releasing a Switch Pro this year along with Breath of the Wild Two, has some pretty big. Um, anniversaries coming up for some of the most iconic characters the legend of zelda will be celebrating its 35th anniversary metroid and samus will be celebrating its 35th anniversary f-zero the 30th anniversary pokemon its 25th anniversary you have uh uh, and the n64 and mario 64 celebrating their 25th anniversary um you also have animal crossing will be celebrating its 20th anniversary and obviously animal crossing that released in 2020 completely exploded on the scene and this one is a small one it's a small one but a one that i hope brings back it in a big way the Wii and the and Wii Sports will be celebrating its 15th anniversary. I still play, folks, and you make fun of me if you want. Wii bowling. I love it, dude. It is just so much fun. And I still freaking play it. I still have my Wii hooked up because it's not so much for me, for my nephew, but I still play bowling. Um, here's some of the other ones. Sonic the Hedgehog, its 30th anniversary. Capcom's Resident Evil is celebrating its 25th anniversary, and we are getting a lot of RE this year. Uh, Toys for Bob, uh, Crash Bandicoot, is celebrating its 25th anniversary. uh, uh, Persona. Uh, is celebrating its 25th anniversary. This is the biggest one I personally think of the list. Microsoft's OG Xbox and of course the Master Chief Halo Combat Evolved, celebrating its 20th anniversary. And I think we're going to get a two-pronged celebration this fall um, insomniac and uh, insomniac games uh, resistance fall of man it's 15th anniversary bethesda studios uh, elder scrolls um, 4 oblivion is 15 years old and the one that we uh the, the, this is a smaller one overwatch is five years old now look i i want to go back to Resident Evil for a second because that's obviously my favorite franchise Uh, and we like I said before we are getting a lot of Resident Evil not only are we getting Resident Evil The Village but we have the rebooted Resident Evil movie franchise that just wrapped shooting that is going to star all of the real characters, No Miller in this one. We also have uh, two different Resident Evil TV shows in the work. One is live action that is supposed to take place after the film and one animated on Netflix. Um, of course, the big one is Microsoft's OG Xbox and more importantly Halo Combat Evolved which of course Halo Infinite should in fact be releasing on November 15th of 2021 that is going to be big but it's some of the um, Nintendo ones that has me excited more specifically I mean everyone loves Zelda everyone loves Metroid but you don't hear enough people talk about F-Zero I am hoping that we get some sort of F-Zero revival Uh, these are all big big um, uh, you know, anniversaries, but the Black Raven. Let, let's let's uh, let's go to you first, one. What what jumps off the page as being uh, an important anniversary to you as a gamer?
1: Okay, um, I'm 25 years old. I was born in the, in the 90s. Okay, and the, the first video game I played was Crash Bandicoot. That's one of the, one of the my childhoods. When I was a child, and my parents bought me a PS One for Christmas. And all, all I can remember is that, that orange character jumping around, smashing boxes, and these tough as nails are uh, levels to, it's to surpass. <laughs> it's so <laughs> tough. <laughs> and when the um, Visceral uh, released the Crash Insanity collection, I was like, yes, I need to get this. And the graphics on that was incredible. The gameplay was much better, smoother. And I have 3000 the gamers' score on that. It was not easy. Wow. Yeah, and um, another game is that Halo combat Evolved. That That is also my childhood. The funny thing is when I went to my auntie and uncle's house for Christmas and my uncle, I said to him, I was like, what is that? Big black box. He's like, That's an Xbox. And they see this massive anvil-sized controller. It's the Duke controller. <laughs> the Duke. That thing was so huge. I was like, how am I supposed to handle this? And my uncle was like... Did I come play Halo? I was like sure and we played through that on Heroic through the whole day and I said to, to my parents I'm like can I get an Xbox? It's because of Halo <laughs> <laughs> you, you along um, with a lot of people amazing, A lot of that? people yeah um, The biggest revival I really want to see is definitely F-Zero That game was so good Oh my god yeah like, mm-hmm. Nintendo what are you doing? Stop sleeping on it, get that back it's one of the best races, and for another one is definitely Zelda. That I've heard. I don't know if you guys heard the rumors or not, but apparently it's going to be like a Zelda HD remake yes. for the the Switch Pro. Yeah, that's day one for me. And another one is Metroid Prime. I played the absolute shit out of that. So I'm I'm app hoping. Well, let's see, Metro Prime 4 this year. At least a, a new trailer or teaser in the release date. Yeah. But And for another one is Sega um, Sonic. I, don't, I want a new Sonic game. I really do. You know what I'm hoping for? You know, I know a lot of people don't
0: like HD remasters or remakes. Uh, I'm a fan of it because sometimes going back to some classics – Ruin what you remember uh, one of the one of my most fondest memories uh, comes um, at uh, the release of the Japanese import uh, version of uh, uh, Sonic Adventure as a matter of fact Jay the Retro uh, uh, um, uh, jo- Jay the Destroyer and I uh, hung out on Christmas Eve and we waited for that import that came uh, come. And sure enough on Christmas Eve like almost at like the 12th hour We finally got it, and he went home with his copy. I wound up staying up all night playing at Christmas Eve. I would absolutely go crazy for a Sonic Adventure HD remake. I mean, I know we can – I still have my Dreamcast hooked up, so I could play it anytime I want, but it doesn't look as good as it once did. I'm right there with you. If not a new Sonic, bring back something big um, like Sonic Adventure and redo that. Uh, those are all great picks, dude. Oh, and, and it's crazy that you have such an, uh, an affection for a lot of these older titles that you didn't play because obviously you're only 25 years old. So that's correct, right? and that's that's pretty awesome that you have. Because again, many people in your generation they don't <laughs> respect. No, I'm being. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I'm the old man in the room yeah. for sure. I'm 50 years old. So I mean, I, I'm double. Oh God damn, I'm your age. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it, it a lot of a lot of people don't appreciate where we came from. That's why I'm I'm so passionate about doing this channel and of course involving everyone because I got a chance and I'm very very privileged and honored to have seen gaming evolve from sticks and dots to what it is now. And and, and not many people can say that. And I'm one of them and I'm very proud of that. Dude, let's uh let's get Crispy Bomb. Crispy of all the anniversaries and there's quite a bit of them uh coming out this year. What I mean, I think I'm, I think, I think it's safe to say you're going to talk about Halo, but out of uh, but but what other than Halo, you know, rings the bell for you as being special and and should and, and and a franchise that should be celebrated.
3: Well, it feels like it. this is a Nintendo topic after all the uh anniversaries they have going on there. Um, I will say, like, uh, Zelda being older than me is kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> uh yeah i mean i mean i'm 33 so yeah that's kind of wild to think about um i will say this uh nintendo got me into the gaming space and i enjoy what they have like but i'm also like this true at this point just multiplayer gamer and you know like if i want to play nintendo it's gonna be like smash brothers it's gonna be something that 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 involves other people, mostly couch co-op, which I feel like Nintendo needs to work on. That, like, they need to make their online infrastructure much better than it is now. I, I I think anybody that plays Nintendo Switch at some point in time agrees that they they continue to kind of ignore that, which. Maybe it's to their benefit at this point, which is kind of wild to think about. But they're they're selling consoles, gangbusters, um, with all of these. You got you got Zelda's. You got you got all these games that are proprietary to to Nintendo. I feel like if you're gonna drop the bomb and be like Nintendo Switch Pro or or whatever you're gonna do with with your next console, you should do it now. I mean. There's a I, lot I do of- it
0: like I said it, it, it would be pretty epic in my opinion for and I think they're going to do it. like I said, we've been hearing for almost through the 2020 campaign besides the horrible world situation, there has been talk, there's been documents that's been put out there on reddit, on Twitter, on the other forms of social media that Nintendo was in fact making a successor to the switch in the form of a switch pro now a new a news article dropped i think it was thursday or friday of last week where they talked about a lot of things uh one of which an oled screen uh, more a bigger dock more powerful switch uh, i think that's coming i mean again we didn't see he- C- ces happened today and nintendo didn't announce anything at least as of this show that could change tomorrow in the coming days but I think we're going to get a, a, a Switch Pro this year. I don't know if it's going to be in March, like I'm predicting. I'm probably wrong. But I would like to see it because that will be, the I think, the fourth anniversary of, of the actual console, right? I think, yeah, it would be the fourth, King of 2017. So it, four years later to release a Pro version that you know gives you a little bit more power, an OLED screen, a longer battery life, a bigger dock. I am all in, dude.
3: Well, and, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, I don't hate what people love. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if you love that type of game, you know that that's good on you. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, it's you know, it's it's a rehash and everything else. Like a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that about Xbox and never talk about Nintendo doing this, which <laughs> it's. <laughs> Which is wild to me. I just I don't understand the logic in that. Like, look, I'm a logical person. Like, okay, I've seen. I mean, I can't even count how many Mario iterations between racing and and just 3D and and you know side scroller. Like, I, I've seen so many in my lifespan, and and the game is older than me. For the love of God, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I love it's it.
3: Just, it's just a little wild to me that people hate on the fact that Halo Infinite is going to come out exactly when they said it is because they have waited long enough. The game is done, from what I've seen. They are going to go ham on this game. Craig is not going to exist anymore. Well, hopefully, this he does. <laughs> no, no, he's going to exist in the memes that came out through that time because that made Xbox, Phil Spencer, look at it and say, you know what, they're not ready. And they brought in, you know, Statham and all these other people. They, they said, okay, we're going to bring in the whole honcho because we're in COVID times and we got to have every person looking at this and saying, let's make this better. Let's make it visually appeasing to especially the gamers now. And that's one thing I got to give Nintendo credit. They never looked at that. They really haven't. So if they do bring out a pro, that would be pretty incredible for a lot of hardcore Nintendo gamers that aren't going to sit there on this Xbox you know, centric channel that we talk about PlayStation and everything else, or we're not gonna sit on the PlayStation channel. They're gonna listen and they're gonna say, hey, you know, I got nothing to say about that because I'm playing games that it, for me, when I when I played the Switch with my girlfriend's son, felt like a 32 bit. That's what it felt like, to yeah. be honest. And, and I'm not I'm not saying they're trashing that. The point is is that they have a lot of hardware type things that and, and I will say this. Imagine them buying into xcloud because they're already yeah. they're already playing you could play outer worlds on Nintendo Switch.
1: There's a Think potential
3: and it's it's horrible. It's horrible. I played it, it's horrible horrible <laughs> it is it is so far on the frames and everything else but if you have that back end software to make up for the hardware
0: yeah it does a have telling, you left before yep
3: and i'm telling you like because it's a mobile device if they come out with a switch pro and not necessarily leave it all behind and go to you know a home console i'm telling you they might buy into that because like I said before, xCloud is still in beta. Yeah.
1: Think about that.
3: Think about it. It's been in beta for like almost a year now. We're getting close to that. You know what I mean? So think about that. It, they, they are not messing around on Xbox side. And I'll tell you right now, it's, it's not even in beta anymore in Japan or, or South Korea or any of those. It's not in beta. They are they are already full fledged like going for that market because they know their market here is the home console still.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Let me tell you something. Phil Spencer has a great plan, and he is he is he is opening and knocking down doors in regions that would not even look at an Xbox. And what's 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 impressive is once these consoles are made fully available besides you know uh, the, the asian communities taking advantage of playing on their tablets playing on their pcs playing on their phones which again they are a mobile based uh, gaming community that that's a fact but what's interesting and where i think you're going to see a much different conversation is with the series s it is small it fits on a bookshelf and it, it and it's fine as a matter of fact paris lily good uh uh you know the, the one of the voices of gamer tag radio he is now part of the X, X cast on kind of funny um and he was talking about how he he has you know pa- Paris is a is is a is a diehard gamer he has a third uh you know a, a, a a $1000 um uh, you know graphics card in his computer like and he has a series x and he was talking about how he has just been enjoying the hell out of playing games with his kids and his wife on the series s and because and one of the things that he loves about it is because it's so small that is going to be appealing in that region of the world as well dude
3: well that's it's also it's a two oh, prong okay. approach it's a two prong approach okay xbox is trying to put every hand in every cookie jar. A lot of people are ignoring this. They are, and I've said this, I've said this on multiple, I've said it on your show, I've said it on next. They are trying to put every hand in every cookie jar. They have the software compatibility. They have made, you know, things that we use throughout our days in our entire lives. They understand how it works. But now you have the backing of the CEO of the entire company that says, you know what? We're going to buy ZeniMax and we're going to make their games on our platform and we're going to give them the money to do what they want. You know what? And that's Phil too, because Phil's sitting at the table and he's saying, hey, you know what? We have to let people do what they want because if they don't, they're not going to want to be here. That's number one. You have to look at the consumer base. Consumer base is all over the place. You can tell me what you want. Consumer base is all over the place. You could love Last of Us 2. You could say it's the greatest game of all time. But you might be sitting there playing Call of Duty at the end of the day. And that's that's what a lot of people ignore. Like, the multiplayer aspect of Xbox continues to be in the realm of discussion and it's just annoying that people ignore that because yeah. they give you exclusives that have multiplayer built in. And it's just, it's it's a horrible narrative. I, I hate it. I, I think I'd laugh at that. When, when IGN and everybody else is, is, is basing their scores on Metacritic off of a multiplayer and single player game that comes out immediately and you get both at the same time, and then you don't talk about the fact that Spider-Man or Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima is going to come out with a multiplayer after that doesn't make sense to me. That abs-
0: makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I, what I what I do want to do is uh, well yeah, and, and you're 100 right, dude. And again, it, it just goes to show you the media bias that still exists. I and mean, we can do a whole podcast, two hour show on that. But I do want to bring this back around to the anniversary. When you talk about multiplayer. Out of everything that is coming out, uh Crispy, the biggest multiplayer here that is going to uh, be revered uh, and I think uh, widely accepted because of Master Chief going into Fortnite, because of the uh, uh, multiplayer mode going free to play. Uh, one of the biggest anniversaries, of course, will be Halo Infinite. Let's, let's Cyber, let, let's get your opinion on this for you as someone that again, you 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 support all. Uh, all three brands at one point or another. Of all of the anniversaries that are, are listed, uh, what what jumps off the page for you outside of Halo?
2: Outside of Halo, I would say uh, Zelda is what jumps out uh, for me. I, I love the Zelda franchise, uh, Breath Did of you the play Wild. Breath of the Wild. I, I'm still playing it, so nice. just so you know, it's it's an amazing game. Really, really enjoying that game. Um, it's just uh, I. I for some reason man i i fell off nintendo games i i really did i i took a hard falling but zelda is one of the, one of my favorite franchises and I'll, I'll always go back to that game but um i have a switch you know and, and i do have a couple of games on there this just seems to me that nintendo is preparing themselves for a big year they have yes. so many anniversaries mm-hmm. this year it's incredible Okay, like you said, Metroid, Legends of Zelda, F-Zero, Pokemon, like it just Super Mario, the GameCube, like the Wii Sports. It's insane. They're they're prepared to do probably, uh, you know, put out a couple of kind of like what you said, maybe some bundles, maybe some remasters, you know, things in that nature. But I was with you, Boom um i i kind of tell people you know sometimes it's better to, to leave the nostalgia that you had for older games i'm not talking about like a 10 year old game that still you know plays well but like like some of these games right like 30 year game 20 year year old games and things like that leave nostalgia is where it is because sometimes you could go back to those games and you can ruin your memory yeah. you know yes, it it's can. one of those <laughs> things it's so tough but yeah man uh resident evil is a big one too man i love that franchise you know i love that um the, what they've been doing with the remakes that's a proper remakes uh, in my opinion and um but besides that halo for me you know that that's got to be the big this halo there's a lot riding on it you know and uh for it to be the anniversary of of uh combat evolved uh and the anniversary of um the original Xbox, I'm hoping that they do something uh, extremely special for, for this Halo Infinite launch, and and I just hope it carries through. This is one of those games that you know it can uh, it, it can define the franchise going forward. So, uh, but besides that, for me, with uh, you know Legend of Zelda. This, is by it's right there too i i love that franchise uh ocarina of time for me it's it holds it you know guy. near and uh, yeah, yeah holds a near and dear place in my heart it was an amazing game i played that i think i beat it like uh, double digits I, I probably beat that game like 12 or 13 times you know at, at that point in my life i i i was just playing it all the time so it's a great game man and um yeah it looks like nintendo's gonna have a big year but for me out of all this list out of all the um all the games that you mentioned to me halo by far is what i'm most looking forward to
0: yeah and i think i think microsoft is going to do the uh, the the uh franchise justice in the form of gi- giving uh 343i a year of polish Mm-hmm. um and i think with that polish we're not only going to get an incredible halo infinite we're going to get a reboot a semi-reboot of the of the franchise yeah. of master chief but i think we're also going to get a lot of of goodies with that i think they're going to celebrate it in a way that it deserves i think we're going to yeah. get a custom console for both i think we're going to get some custom uh controllers and a bunch of other things that celebrate uh the master chief and and, yeah. and rightfully so um
2: next but- time we see that game it's going to be very telling it you is. It mean. is
0: going to, well. That's why we're not going to see it for for a while. I, I think. I, th- yeah. I think. Let me tell you what I would do. Um, if I were three four in three four three industries, uh, and I was of uh, uh, Bonnie Ross or I was Phil Spencer, what I would have done uh, to show the difference in what we saw in July is literally beat for beat, take exact exactly what we saw. And, re- and show it side by side, side by side of what the final product mm-hmm. is going to be. And, and you know who we can all thank? We could thank all of us as fans. Uh, the, the w- that we weren't willing to settle for a ho-hum uh, Master Chief revival. And that by the time we finally get this game, it is going to look like a next generation monster. Uh, but, Mag, let's get you in on the conversation. And we're going to move on to the big xbox topic of the evening but before i do i have to thank a couple of people cmbr drops a very generous five dollar super chat and says thanks for hosting boom a lot of work goes into these shows and it's great to have some have space to hang out each each week. Here is some money for the 2021 prize pool. Well, dude, thank you so much for your generosity. And, of course, thank you for always being here. We have another super sticker came in from our very generous friend of the show, Black-Eyed Dog. He drops an outstanding $5 super sticker. Thank you for being here, brother. Uh, Mag, for you, hmm. outside of Halo, what jumps off the page as one of the bigger anniversaries that has you excited for, for potentially
4: some new content on said game. Well, first of all, I got to say my nostalgia as I'm getting as you see, I'm going the opposite direction of a lot of, of a lot of people. The older I get, the less nostalgic I'm getting. And I don't know if that's a self-defense mechanism of me getting older and saying, you know what? <laughs> Eyes forward, stop looking back, okay? Because you know what? That's when you start feeling old. So, and and uh, and also by the way, also hang out with people that are younger than you. That's always a good uh, thing. But yes. anyway, yeah so here's (laughs) the thing i'm like those games I, i looked at the list and i'm like okay they're great but i'm not i'm not interested anymore and the reason is not because they're bad i'm not saying that at all they're magnificent every game on that list is a magnificent game and a magnificent franchise however outside of halo which is releasing a new one and of course resident evil and uh zelda and i believe metroid prime for whenever the hell that's coming out um you know th- those games especially the older ones are like okay it's been you know 30 years since this or 25 years since uh resident evil this and that i'm like good keep them there keep them there because i want to see these franchises move forward in a different way it doesn't have to be ex- completely different but do something refreshing if you're going to move the uh, these franchises forward like use it as a you know, as a momentous occasion saying, wow, I can't believe I've been playing, you know, uh, whatever, this game for 30 years or Sonic for 35 years or whatever. And, but if you're going to move it forward, you got to do something different. And the only one that stands out to me to date has got to be Resident Evil. And the thing is, I know some people don't didn't like it and I don't get it. I honestly don't get it because it was my 2017 ga- uh, game of the year. Mm, you goddamn right, because when Resident Evil 1 to 6, and then they remade 1 like three times and whatever else, right? Then they finally came out with 7. 6 killed the series. Okay? Six 5, I thought was bad for Who sure. that? That's Forte. Forte. <laughs> okay. What's me. going on, brother? Go ahead, so, yeah, sorry, I'm yelling now. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Resident Evil 5 changed the game. All of a sudden, we had Resident Evil 4. It was basically the same thing. You know, you had the uh, uh, places like the United States took place in, then it took place in Europe, and then what ended up happening? Then they went to Africa, completely different, you know, and then then they added the co-op, so they changed the game. They moved it forward, okay? Then Resident Evil 6 went back to what it was before but they made it way worse but then they did something completely different they went back to the drawing board they said we've got this legacy franchise what are we going to do to move it forward what do they do they brought the scares back okay they bought they, they and then they put it in first person and they totally changed the perspective of the game so they kept the legacy of the franchise alive but by but changing it in such a revolutionary way just for that game i mean first person shoot uh, first person is not revolutionary we've seen it many times before but what i'm saying is for that series it was revolutionary and it pushed it forward so what i want to see is any of these franchises on this list do something a little different or a lot different have some balls and move these uh move these franchises forward for another generation because let's face it i've said it a million times before i'm going to say it again these The games coming up, they're not for us anymore, okay? We're the old men still riding the wave, okay? But we're not the ones that they're eyeballing right now. These corporations aren't looking at 40 and 50-year-old men bitching on YouTube and Twitter. (laughs) They're looking at my son, 8 years old. They're looking at kids 9 years old, 10 years old. That's who they want. And you know who's going to pay for all that stuff? Us! We are. Of
0: course we are.
4: Exactly. They don't have the expendable income, but we do. So we're gaming. Yeah, okay. We're supporting our own hobby, okay? But at the same time, we're supporting their future because then those kids, when they get jobs, because all the kids that work for me, by the way, all teenagers, okay, they're all working there to game. They put some money away for university, college, whatever they're doing, right? But the rest of it, they're buying games with it, right? Because now they're in the workforce. So anyways, the point is is that move these move these franchises forward in a fresh, exciting way. And that will excite me. I'm not going to bitch. I'm not going to say, well, this is not my Sonic. This is not my Zelda. <laughs> Back in my day, you know, whatever. I'm not going to do that. Move it forward. So when I look at these anniversaries, I say, great. That's wonderful. It is wonderful. And it's something that we all celebrate, especially someone like myself and you, Boom. I've been gaming since 79. You've been gaming since 77. Okay, and I and I appreciate where it's go where it's come from and where it's going. So I say kudos to all these all these franchises and all their anniversaries. But as for moving forward, change it up, Halo. If you're going to go full open world, I applaud it. Me okay. too. I, yeah,
0: it, it's something new. It's something unique. I exactly. I, 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 you know forward. what? One of my biggest complaints about the Gears franchise is I didn't get a chance to really know the world and they uh, they opened the they opened they kind of opened the door a little bit with with the way the it was semi open world Mm. and it looks like halo is going for the gusto so yeah one of the anniversaries is potentially going to be a reboot of the first you know small you know reboot of the franchise you're still going to get master chief you're going to know everything about him but you know i'm i'm very much looking forward to first of all let's welcome uh into the show gaming forte what's going on dude how you feeling
5: man Look, man, it's um it's great to be here, man. You know, when um when your associates call you saying they cat throwing up under their bed because they swallowed a whole fur <laughs> ball, it's like man, there's like I could come in for the last I say no, just just stay home.
0: Just don't bother <laughs> at this point. <laughs> at this
5: point, just stay home. I'll I'll work by myself. But it's um it's good to be here with you guys. I've been listening to it the whole time. So you um you guys have been um killing it with the um the topics and stuff and it's good to be here man
0: well, well for you know be, before we move on to the big xbox one which we're going to get your opinion oh good, on. i miss it no you didn't we saved that for the back end of the show uh w- regarding the anniversaries there there are a lot of them and and uh, you know obviously nintendo leads the charge with i mean some really big ones yep. i mean you have legend of zelda you have Metroid, you have F Zero, you have Pokemon, you have Animal Crossing, you got Wii Sports. And of course, you have some of the other bigger ones. You have Sonic is turning 30, Resident Evil is turning 25, uh, Crash Bandicoot is turning 25, Master Chief and the OG Xbox are 20 years old, respectively. Uh, of course, Bethesda's. The Elder Scrolls is 15 years old. For you, what what jumps off the page, and what are you the most excited for to see brought back and celebrated with potentially HD remakes or even new entries to the franchises?
5: You know... A couple of years ago it would have been Halo Three, but they skipped over it for some yeah, they sure did. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. Like what what's really going on? Can we like not get a remaster of Halo three? Which is probably My favorite Halo games, one of the best ones ever. I mean, it's the one that you threw the kitten caboodle at when it came to marketing, you know, all that money that they spent on that game, you would think that they would want to, you know, rehash a little bit of that excitement around it. But um, hopefully we get that when it comes to the uh the 20 year anniversary of the game or something which will be a ways off still but um for me the one that i was super excited for is the one that we're supposedly getting next year that just got rumored that is coming out in march which is which is mass effect you know that's my favorite franchise of all time and um the only thing about it is and the only reason i'm really still super excited is that we know nothing about it. It's like, we know what the game is because we all played it, but we haven't seen screen. And if you don't know, check out my man, Slow Mo Backstop. He did a video on it today. And, uh, we know nothing about what this game looks like, no screenshots, no nothing. It's just kind of weird, but it's like I'm just very, very excited to jump into that franchise again. Um, to get however many achievement points it's going to give me with all the DLC and everything, I'm gonna do that thing 5,000 gamer score, <laughs> Man, whatever it is, it's gonna be, it's gonna be incredible. And, and, and most of it's probably going to be buried in all those DLCs that Mass Effect 2 had. But, uh, um,
2: you, you think it's gonna. Be just a remaster, right? It's like, I don't it's know, it's gonna That's be the... a remake. Okay, it's
0: hard, it's hard to say because they yeah. haven't said anything. I mean, totally a forte. they've been working on this for a while. I mean, a we, while. Could be, we could get a Resident Evil 2 esque remake of
5: right. What does it come out? It comes, they got a rumor from March. It was the rumor came out today saying, No, no, no.
2: When did Mass Effect 3 come out?
5: Mass Effect 3 came out 2011. It's been a while, man. Yeah, like 2011, 2010, (laughs) somewhere in there. But yeah, that's the one that really speaks to me the most right now. But if I had to, like, throw some other ones out there, it would be really, really good to get, um, like, remasters of, like, some Xbox's original games. Like, something like like the original. Like, I know they redid um, Anniversary Edition for Fable 2, but I would think it would be really good to go back and – do the original one and remaster it just so you can get people excited for the next one that's coming out because we don't know when that title is actually going to release so why not have something in the background at least give it an enhancement to the point where it could probably play 1440p better frame rate overall get people just excited for the game all over again it's kind of akin to what i always said about final fantasy you know when you got a franchise that prints money or at least to the point where a lot of people are uh, clamoring for it why not give it to them the fact that it took square so long to give us final fantasy remake it was kind of it was a tragedy but guess what once it came out it sold like crazy and it got people re into the um into to the atmosphere of wanting to play those games again. And that's why you see so much excitement around a new Final Fantasy 16 that uh, PlayStation showed off um, late last year. So let's just hope that Xbox does something like that. I love what you said about Resident Evil, um, um, uh, Mag because that is something that I was super excited for. And it wasn't really the first person mode that they did to change it up. It was the VR mode. The VR I, mode I, I, to yeah. me was like an experience inside of another experience because i was like (laughs) what is going on in this game and the fact that i refused to play it in vr and then i saw my at the time 13 year old daughter say well i want to play you know she loves resident evil was like well let me play i want to play it in vr and i watched her play the whole game from beginning to end and i was like yo your boy Forte can't be he can't he can't he can't let his kid (laughs) literally like I'm scared I'm like jumping and stuff when I'm playing it she gonna do this and I can't do it so she actually you know got me to want to do it so I want to see more games do stuff like that I haven't heard anything about the new Resident Evil when it comes to um, Village are they going to have VR available in it because I think that was one of the really big selling points for 7 because we really don't have a lot of games that have full-on blown vr through the whole thing where you could do it from beginning to end but if they can iterate on stuff like that that's the things that i want to see in remasters but mass effect is the one that i'm looking forward to the most and supposedly we're getting there early this year
0: yeah well that's going to be a big one uh and i think everyone is going to be excited to play that's going to sell millions and millions and millions of copies for sure but what i want to do is i want to move on to the biggest topic and talking point of the evening um, and of course, we're talking Xbox on this one. Now, when hearing head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, talk about the brand post E3 2018, there was an upbeat cadence in his voice. Now, his passion as a diehard gamer and his love for the Xbox community makes him the right guy for the job. Now, when Phil was promoted in late 2017 to his current position, the biggest issues was, of course... Xbox's first-party content. Now, depending on who you ask, it still is. Now, thanks to a new article that I pulled from our friends over at VGC, which, of course, is short for Video Game Chronicles, Phil Spencer had a lot to say about the importance of the ZeniMax-Bethesda deal, and here are some of those quotes. He says this, I'm excited about 2021 and Bethesda. It is an important part Of What we're going to do moving forward 2021 is when we'll get the final approval approval I feel I feel really good about that everything is on track we'll start then really getting into some of the planning that we can do with them right now we're really hands off with them as they continue to do their work that they're doing because we don't own them yet. Reflecting on the deal's surprise announcement last September, Spencer said this. He was glad to see the positive reaction from the Xbox fan base. And probably more important, at least for me right now, is that the Bethesda teams are just as important as their other first-party studios. Now, he finishes this interview with this. I cannot wait to get it closed so we can start working like one company. I'm incredibly excited about Starfield and a lot of other things, some announced and some not announced, that we're working on. I just think they're going to be an incredible addition to our first-party studios. And he finishes it with these last quotes. When I think about our RPG capacity, uh, capability with Obsidian and Inexile." The work that Playground is doing, which is now out there with Fable and with and with what Bethesda can do, it's a massive compatibility, uh, 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 cap- capability, I should say. I think about our FPS capability with ID 343 and the work that we can do. It doubles the size of our first party studios when Bethesda joins, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Now, look, folks, here's the thing. This I don't know if you can feel the excitement in Phil's voice, but I read this article multiple times before writing up the show. And you, at least for me, as someone who appreciates what he does for the brand that I play the most, I could logistically feel how personally excited he is. Now, my question is quite simple to the panel. And I'll start with, of course, our very uh, one of our uh, excellent guests here, D. Black Raven. My question to you is simple, but holds great importance. How important is the Bethesda deal to the Xbox platform in 2021? And do you believe that every one of these big new IPs will remain exclusively on the Xbox platform moving forward?
1: Yeah, this one is very critical for Xbox and Microsoft itself. They really need to keep these IPs exclusively to Xbox. But however, they can also have the MMOs like your Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls Online. That could remain multi if they want to make some revenue to the company. Going forward for Bethesda, I, I've heard they're going to finish finalizing somewhere in late February. Or March. the end
0: of february is what we're hearing yeah
1: the end of february that's what i've heard and by going forward they're gonna have a string line of nothing but rpgs first person first person shooters they need to re- they have to keep these to the xbox ecosystem it's like if you really want to play our games you either play on the console pc or mobile of the xcloud yes there's, there's just no excuses to put to other platforms because you can't spend 7.8 billion dollars with a B, guys, with a B. That's a lot of money. So uh, they they just need to keep it on the Xbox system because for us Xbox fans, we have been begging for exclusives to our ecosystems. Yeah. And there's, there's people saying Xbox has no games, but that's the answer. For me, there's no there's no more for that. There's really no more for that. So I'm really excited. For what's going to happen for Bethesda and the relationship with my Xbox. And get this Did you guys saw the Lucas arts uh, being uh, put up on Twitter? No. No. Okay. So I would suggest to check that out. What they could do is like, okay, lock the front door. Uh, Lucas is like, hey, we'll give you this amount of money and we to have the Knights of the Old Republic three and we'll give it to, Zen- to Zenimax. It's like, make this. And we can keep that as exclusive or multi-plat. Going forward, I think that Starfield might be coming out this year. It definitely
0: is coming out this year. And and I believe it's uh, going to be on PC and Xbox only.
1: I really do think that's coming out this year. And the IP, I'm really excited, is definitely Wolfenstein 3. I Buy that's, machine. That,
0: yeah that's a possibility it's, it's been a while since a proper Wolfenstein and not, not one of the side ones with like the daughters and stuff like machine games could have been hard at work at this and we could man, you never know we could see it this year
1: we could we could but going forward they have to keep these games on Xbox no matter what they have to keep those exclusive if you want to play it I will say this again if you want to play it console PC or xCloud those are the options that you want to play that's all I can say.
0: No, I mean, look, you make a you make a great point. See, wh- one of the biggest talking points when this deal went down is is, is there are a lot of gamers? And this is this, is, of course, we're talking about the PlayStation community. A bit a fit, a, felt a bit shunned that that Microsoft was was cornering the market in uh, IPs. And and you know something, I, I I of course I disagree with that because no one in the Sony camp uh, batted an eye when they bought Insomniac, and of course now. Uh, you know, all all uh, Insomniac made games. Even though they they pretty much were made for Sony, they did make an Xbox game called. Um, oh my God! Why am I blanking on it? What was the Xbox? What was the Insomniac game? Um,
2: Sunset Overdrive. So yeah,
0: thank you, thank you for that, Cyber. Sunset Overdrive. So I mean, when if if that does come out, and it, and we've heard rumors that they would release it, or, or at least an HD version, or potentially a sequel. That's not coming to Xbox. So Microsoft, you know, needed first-party studios to add to their already stout list that they started building with in 2018. And this was a, a massive deal. I, I do want to move. Uh, you know what? Let's get Forte in the conversation. Now, Forte, look, th- we have heard uh, from numerous outlets that the reason why Phil Spencer, Matt Booty, or anyone for that matter, hasn't officially said that these games are going to remain exclusive is because they really can't talk about the deal until it's signed. And and, and I think we've heard as much as we could from Phil, but his excitement and his words saying how important the Bethesda Um, games and IPs were going to be to the Xbox platform moving forward, tells me in a subtle way that these are going to be games that you can only play on Xbox. Now, when I say only, you know, D-Black Raven makes a great, great point. It's not as if you can only play them on Xbox. You can play them on your PC. You can play them on your tablet. You can play them on your phone. Because of what? XCloud and, of course, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So if you are a Sony player, well, then you're going to have to figure out if these games are important enough to you, you're going to have to either in you know get involved in, in that ecosystem, which I think is what... And one of the reasons why they spent $7.5 billion is because they want people from all walks of gaming life to exist in the Xbox platform. For you, seeing this deal take place and hearing what phil had to say how important do you feel these ips are going to be for xbox and its and its platform forte you there brother no all right well let's uh you know what the crispy bomb why don't you take that question
4: Well, I feel that you, time. You throw,
3: you're, throwing, you're throwing me on the spot, dude. I'm throwing there. you on the spot, brother. Yep. Yeah, sorry about that. You got to repeat this question.
0: Okay. Well, he, the, the, it, it's 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 simple. The what is for you as someone who has seen and has been on as many podcasts as you've been on? How important is this Bethesda deal, and do you believe that it is going to remain exclusive? on Xbox on the Xbox platform.
3: I I honestly think um and this is not what once once they're purchased Xbox is going to look at it at two different realms. They're going to say, "Okay, what value do we have keeping the exclusive and what value do we not?" They have the option as you know, the end all be all. Um so for example, a lot of people ignore the fact that Todd Howard said, I want I, I want to bring games to everyone. You know, uh, that's why Orion Server Tech is, is actually, you know, there. Uh, we don't know what it's actually going to add to xCloud, but we're not going to know until they're full-on purchased. A lot of people ignore this. They're not fully purchased yet. The only thing I'll say is a lot of people that have thrown out there that oh this is this is gonna like fall through the weeds and everything. Go watch Larry Herb's uh, uh, podcast uh, not far long after that, and go watch him, Todd Howard, and Pete Hines.
2: And mm, yeah, go, that
3: was a go good show. Watch that. that was a good show. I'm, yeah. I'm really gonna tell show, you yeah. right now. There's there's the it's it's almost the banter that we could have right now if we wanted to like. Like talking ish to each other, but enjoying each other's time at the same time. And I'll tell you right now, uh, you you, a lot, including myself, a lot of people think Todd Howard was disinterested. I think he was just high. But that's that's (laughs) my. I think I think he was like I think he was like yeah yeah well I I got I got shit to smoke so what's good (laughs) you know, but but him and Phil started going at it for a little bit, and I was like, okay. At first, I was like, he's just disinterested. And I'm like, okay. Now they started talking. And I was like, this this seems right. And and that goes back to the history of Xbox with Bethesda slash ZeniMax. It's more Bethesda. That Bethesda has always been a PC gaming type thing. And, Mm -hmm. And now you have the option would just you could take xcloud out of it for a second but you have the pc and the xbox console gaming personal computer gaming you have both that they are providing themselves on top of that you have you have games that they've already come out with that are mobile gaming that are now can be involved with xcloud yeah it's it's a perfect marriage, people. Now, are we going to say that every single game is going to be exclusive to Xbox? I don't think so. Only because of Minecraft. Minecraft is has made them money forever now. And Microsoft feels like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they made it, DLCs, everything else. That's why you see like. That's why I laugh kind of when people are like. Oh, I actually enjoyed high busters on Gears Five. I actually thought, well, g- dude, I don't need high busters. I'm a Gears player. I play multiplayer all day. But to see people that enjoy that and say, "Wow, this is actually really good," a- Xbox has Game Pass. You pay fifteen dollars. That's all they care about. But this is like, well, shit. We have a we. Really, if they stay true to what they've always said, which Todd Howard has said multiple times, and that guy has been in that company forever—if not through the end of time—it feels like he has said that we want more players to play our games. That's yes. all he wants, well, and, and yeah,
0: he's—he's going to get that in spades because you see, one of the one of the biggest things that most people. Did not understand, and this we're going back a couple of years when 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 Phil Spencer says, you know, w- w- the marriage between Xbox and PC, you know, PC is Xbox, Xbox is PC. No one no one understood the overarching um, thought process of Phil Spencer, and here's a perfect example of that because it, you're right, uh, Bethesda games reign supreme on PC because of the modding community as well. Uh, That's another big piece of the puzzle. But the fact that, you know, when you the reason why Todd is going to get more people to play his game is because of Xbox Game Pass, because more people are going to try a game that they normally would not play. And you hear that from everyone that that that's like a running thing. Oh, I didn't. You know, I never played this type of game before, but I am quite enjoying it and I would have missed out on it. If I didn't have it on the Game Pass, you hear King, you hear King David of the Iron Lords talk about that all the time, and I and I and I'll second that. There's been a lot of games that I would have passed on that I never would have played unless it was in Game Pass, and I think that that exact fact is why these game these new IPs like the Fallout's, like the Elder Scrolls, like the Doom, like the Wolfenstein's, they're all going to remain. On the xbox platform but you'll have multiple ways to play it
3: but but i will i will say this i almost think that the xbox is going to play it by ear and they're going to use their 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 the thing about playstation compared to xbox at this point in time right now is that xbox has their ear to the floor and saying okay what do people think about this what do people think about that and they're looking at twitter they're looking at facebook they're looking at all of these these social media aspects and if they have enough people that agree with them they're going to go with it and maybe that's their one
0: you know problem that they have like you know they constantly go with what people think is right I don't I don't you know what dude I, I am I am really I, I hear what you're saying and, and you make a lot of sense like you, you sometimes you shouldn't listen to the community. I, I don't think that is going to be the case because here's the here, here's the, the fact of the matter is this you're not boxing out fifty, sixty, seventy percent of the community. You're not. What you are what, what you are doing is you're making your platform relevant and the place where they want to sell you xbox game pass you're not going to listen and 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 i mean this this is just this is just a blanket statement just because it's an xbox game pass isn't going to have someone from playstation go from using it on their console to play on on xbox that's not going to happen the only way that is going to happen is microsoft who spent 7.5 billion dollars on this company and all its ips to say hey The same way when Hellblade 2 comes out, PlayStation, folks, if you want to play it, $15 a month gets you in the door, you can play it. The same way uh, Playground Games makes a title. Uh,
3: I will will boom real quick. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to clean up what I'm saying. So my girlfriend is absolutely obsessed with Neon Abyss. Neon Abyss actually came out on PC originally. And it's it is, is a game that they ported to Xbox only. Uh it is on Game Pass. She loves Game Pass. She loves that she could, you know, her son wants to play a game. They can play it for nothing. They don't, it doesn't, you know, she pays that subscription. We are all at this point kind of catered to that subscription. We're we're like Netflix, you know, we want to see this, that you got you got Disney Plus, you want to see Mandalorian, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole point. Like they give you the option to say, okay, if I don't like this game, I don't like it. The beauty of it is is that Xbox kind of playing this, like, Hey, these games came out for PC People might have ignored it, but let's throw it on Game Pass and see what happens, and and that's what I love about that because, like, my, girl, my girlfriend's looking for the next big thing from Neon Abyss, and I'm like, I don't even I, – I, I played it for, like, a couple hours, and I'm like, I can't do it. I don't like the game, <laughs> but that's that's a me problem. That's the right. way I look at it. That's 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 my problem. That's not hers. She's enjoying the game. She's looking for the next thing. And then her son's playing Ark Survival Evolved and they have Vin Diesel coming exclusive to Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) And he he is enjoying the hell out of Ark. And he's been primarily on PlayStation. But now because of that DLC, he might go and say, you know what? I, I gotta go and play it on Xbox. And he has the option, you know, but the point is, is that we don't know what they're gonna do. Like Bethesda is is probably gonna still control itself in some way, shape, or form. But I also, yeah, but that, that not, now when it comes to like,
0: publishing, th- 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 there's gonna be uh, limit. No, there's gonna be limitations, dude. No, like it's no, it's, so
3: it's no. gonna be like okay, Elder Scrolls,
0: Elder Scrolls here. Online, and and Fallout seventy six, which of course are multi plats, and those are MMOs. Those are still gonna remain available wherever they are but elder scrolls 6 is not coming to the playstation dude it's just not because they want i agree with you i agree
3: with you what what i'm saying is that they're gonna they're gonna play their game they're gonna play their game really like that's why you see all these games that were exclusive to playstation before they're like oh we ain't touching that because that's microsoft microsoft's almost like kind of you know like sitting back and, and relaxing And and it it hurts people in the community for some reason. I don't don't know why. I mean, they're a trillion-dollar company. I mean, let's get our head out of our ass. Like, they can do what the hell they want. You know what I mean? So understand that, I mean, for the gamers, especially in the the Game Pass and Xbox ecosystem, I'm fine with what they're about to do because as soon as it's purchased, I think you're going to see every game that Bethesda and ZeniMax has ever come out with that is compatible with the Xbox ecosystem is going to come out on it. Yeah. I almost feel like they're going to be like, they be like, well, we're going to stagger it because, you know, we're going to be like that because, you know, PlayStation wants to act like they're the greatest thing in the world. So let's just sit and say, okay, Elder Scrolls 5 coming out on here. Oh, oh, you know, Fall Fall 4, it's permanently in Game Pass. Oh, this and that keep in mind fallout 4 was one of the first games that ever had freaking pc influence inside of the the console ecosystem and and that's why bethesda zenimax is going with xbox and a lot of people
0: ignore that no no you're 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 100 right absolutely and i think that that's a great point Cyber, let's get you in on the conversation here. For you personally, hearing everyone's point, reading the show notes, reading the article that I put in the DM, does it sound like Phil Spencer has a plan that he is going to stick with? But more importantly, does that plan include PlayStation or does that plan include only on Xbox and PC?
2: Um. I personally think that that plan. He abs- First of all, they absolutely have a plan, and it's um, pretty clear to see that they're they're really waiting uh, on this deal to be finalized before they go into further details about it. Right? Like they they said, "Oh, we don't own them yet. This, this, and that." But they have to be ready as well because once that deal goes through, I guarantee you that the first question that people are gonna ask is what we're talking about now, are these games going to be exclusively to the Xbox ecosystem and PC and, you know, and um, they got to be ready to answer that and they got to have a game plan. Now, I, I I personally believe so. Yes, you need something to attract new players to, to your system, you know, and they're giving you all the options for you to play it wherever you want. Right. If you don't have an Xbox console, they're hey, for $15 a month, you can subscribe to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. You can play it on PC. You can play it on your phone. If PlayStation allowed them to have Xbox Game Pass on their systems, I'm sure there there would have been a deal made right there as well. You know, they want to expand the service to as wide of an audience as they can. They want the subscriber count to go above this threshold that money, is not going to matter anymore once they Mm reach a certain threshold they're going to be generating so much revenue a month that they're going to be able to do pretty much anything that they want you know so um but they need to attract new players and how do you do that you have to keep some of these games exclusive to your platform that's i know even even by them keeping these games uh, exclusive to their platforms they're still giving you options to go in and play these games at only fifteen dollars a month if you're interested in, let's say the next elder school elder scrolls or starfield you can play these games for only fi- think about that you can play it for a whole month for only fifteen dollars a month that's it yeah like you can play it on your phone Android, ios uh you know ios services coming up uh uh xCloud is coming to iOS this year, too, hopefully, you know, with the solution that they have through the browser. So uh, it, 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 and it's imperative that they do so, you know, like you need if their plan they talked about on in that interview that the Black Raven mentioned that they want to reach as wide as an, of an audience that they can. They need to be able to, to um, have this game or, you know, have this service available to everyone wherever they can you know now there's always going to be kind of like it, it i know um crispy talked about minecraft but minecraft minecraft in itself is a platform man that game is i, I think just it's a juggernaut Two exactly two. it's a juggernaut of a game it was already in millions of people's hands before microsoft acquired them um so i think that's a, a little bit different but the key here is being ready for when um when you when you finalize this deal and telling people okay hey starfield here is going to come exclusively to xbox 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 game pass uh ultimate mm-hmm. and um and pc yep. you know and then it, they have to they have to act and then let others react. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I think that's how I see it. They can't be reacting right now to something that they haven't... They have to act on it, stick by their guns for a little bit, see what the reaction is going to be, and then hopefully adjust. But um, I think that it's it's imperative that they keep some of these games uh, exclusive to the, to the platform. I mean playstation does it all the time the playstation wanted a exclusivity deal for starfield for crying they did. out loud they, they you want a, what I mean? they, from, what
0: we're, from what we're hearing now they want to yeah. an outright exclusive and they were yeah. willing to pay for a perfect example rain, rain of the third eye says sony has intentionally bought timed exclusive games just to keep them off of xbox he says that's disrespectful i mean i understand what you're saying he but it, it's just business and right. he says that um uh that uh they even tried to get starfield which is what he's what, what you're talking about there cyber mm-hmm. i mean look the, the bottom line is microsoft is going to have to be, get get their hands dirty a little bit and yeah. i think that uh look here's the thing and, and anything else before i move on to the next panel member yeah. real,
2: real quick uh boom i'm sorry uh just to finalize my point they paid 7. what 2 5 billion. Billion. billion yes billion uh, a billion dollars but a B, yeah, you know, for for this for this company, you know, for for all and for everything, they and can know, and, literally and, do whatever they want. Like and you're come absolutely on, right, it, and you know it's something, an absurd amount of money.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's an absurd amount of money, but it's a money that it, it's money well spent, and it's well money that, that is going to yeah. open the door for the 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 one of the biggest things about. Uh, one of the running narratives and i'm going to go to a uh, middle-aged gamer guy on this you know when you look at this deal mag mm-hmm. it included Bethesda Game Studios that make Fallout and Elder Scrolls id software that makes Doom Z- uh, Zenimax Online Studios they make Elder Scrolls Online Arcane makes Dishonored and Prey Machine Games makes Wolfenstein Tango Gameworks has The Evil Within and it, of course support studios and Alpha Dog and Roundhouse Studios respectively I think the days of Microsoft having no games is, you know, it's is, 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 is done. It's it, it's it's a it's a moot point. And I think that Phil Spencer, even though he can't talk about it right now, knows the importance that the gaming community as a whole uh, wants to see uh, at least the xbox gaming community this is something that we have dealt with and we have seen sony i mean look final fantasy 16 is a two-year exclusive folks i don't think anyone understands that not, yeah. not that i care because i can give a shit about final fantasy but a two-year exclusive like that is crazy but when you look at this deal this deal is even crazier for you do you think that during the interview and, and Phil had some really really good quotes here even though he was coy, do you think that he is telling people without actually telling people, don't expect
4: these games on PlayStation? Yeah, you know what? First of all, they're not going to be going to PlayStation. I can I can almost guarantee it, at least from what I see, what I feel, and what makes absolute business sense. Now, if you sit back and think about this entire situation, this is not about making friends. This is not about kumbaya. Right. It's not about any of that stuff. In the end, there's nothing wrong with being business minded, but being nice about it. Okay. And positive about it. Like, for example, you see the way Phil is. He is part of one of the largest tech companies in the entire planet, but he's always very positive. He could be one of those nasty corporate. You know, chills. Um, you know yeah, know what I'm saying. He could, could be much. one of those boots on uh, your. Are you neck saying he could be a Jim show. Ryan? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with that, with that pop collar, I want to. Oh my god, I want to punch that guy. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that pop <popped> collar. Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> jeez. Oh, anyways, Goose the point is Fraba, this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't worry. Uh, he just drives me nuts. That's all. Anyway, anyways, um, he's probably actually a really fun guy to hang out with. Uh, anyhow, the point is this. There's nothing wrong with being positive, okay, the way that Phil is right now. He's like, you know, I'm really happy. I'm really positive about the future, this and that, whatever. And there's, there's a lot to be excited about because they've made a major investment for the future of their brand. And that's the key word that I want to bring up here is brand by putting these games exclusive, what has Xbox had a problem with in the last couple of years besides the mantra that we all hear, right? right. Forza, Halo, Gears. Forza, Halo, Gears. They almost feel like because of that mantra, they feel. I, I feel that they've lost their identity. They almost don't have an identity unless it's like the butt end of a joke, which I don't think is fair, by the way, because those games are actually really good. Okay, the Forza games—I can't see a better racer out there. So why would people make fun of that? You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, well, hopefully, Halo is uh, is actually as good as we all hope it is. Gears has has been towing the line. Okay, they've been great games, but however, I still feel even with all with those three games, okay, with those three franchises, I should say that Microsoft still has an identity issue. So therefore, by buying Bethesda, you have instantly purchased and absorbed it. An identity. yes. you will now be Absolutely. and did not. And, and did Phil not say it himself? Boom. He said, "Didn't didn't he say it himself?" I'm I'm gonna paraphrase like hell, okay, because I can't remember exactly what he said. But he said something about being the Western RPG powerhouse. Yes. Okay. Yes. He did say that, and that's why I say I never quote him directly because I'm t- got terrible memory. Anyways, the point is this: he did say we wanted to be a Western RPG powerhouse. So then, therefore, moving forward, Xbox will be. The Western RPG capital of the gaming world, and that's the way you do it. As for exclusivity, I don't think that Phil or Greeny or 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 any of them or Booty or any of them are going to come out and say, "Oh, by the way, these are all um, going to be on Xbox only." I don't think they're going to come out and explain it. You know what I think they're going to do? I think they're going to keep their mouth shut, and then when E3 or whatever they're going to call it this year, assuming it goes digital again like last year, is just going to say. Exclusive. Yes. And then have the trailer for Elder Scrolls 6 and then exclusive. And then the Starfield trailer. And then Mm. exclusive Doom 3. And on and on and on and on and on. They're not gonna say it. They're just gonna let the trailers and the action speaks for itself. Speak for itself. That's what I think is gonna happen. I think that's the most tasteful way to do it. It's not in your face, it's not obnoxious you know what i mean like some other companies are sometimes a little overly obnoxious about about their advertising i think that that's a good way to do it that's tasteful and that's right up phil's alley because that's the kind of person he is he is a very tasteful person he is not the boot on the neck kind of dude right and so that's what i see now as for accessibility of these games all of the all of these um, uh, the zenimax games okay bethesda zenimax everything else well boo hoo okay <laughs> boo did anybody cry for me when i had to go buy a ps4 just to play god of war no that's why i bought it that's
0: what sony wanted you to do and you exactly. did it and of course i did
4: it of course we okay? all did it exactly and when i wanted spider-man okay and when i wanted last of us and when i wanted uh, all the other games and uncharted 4 okay boo who but you know the good thing is I'm not being obnoxious about that, even though it sounds like it, but I'm not. If you think about it this way, there is not a five to $700 buy-in in order to access these products, and that is where they win, okay? Is that the accessibility is so much better on the Xbox ecosystem than it is in any other platform. So, uh, Sony, Nintendo, you they cannot compete in that because if I want to play Mario Odyssey... I got to spend $600 to do so. 600 Canadian. But, anyways, the point is that that's what I have to do to, in order to play that one game. If I want to play Gears Hive Busters, it'll cost me nothing more than a controller and a one month subscription of 12 bucks. Okay? That's all it's going to cost. So, therefore, you have that option now. So, now you've spent less than $100 to be able to act. And that's just for that, not just for that one game. Now you're talking like two to three hundred more games. And now when this deal goes through, I bet you anything that when this deal goes through, they are going to unleash unholy hell on Game Pass and all the past Bethesda games and so forth are just they're going to back that truck up and dump it right into Game Pass and go, it's all here, folks. And now you're going to watch that it's going to go from two to 300 to 400 games in that Game Pass because now you got the EA Play in there as well, right? So, anyways, the point is the accessibility. So, that's what they've done. So, you don't have to buy the console in order to do it. So, people are saying, well, it's not fair. Uh, Elder Scrolls 1 to 5 was uh, available everywhere. But now it's only going to be on Xbox and PC. Well, they've given you those options. Cyber said it, okay, a little bit earlier uh, during his talk. What did he say? Cell phone. Tablet, let's yep. count on our fingers, folks. Yep. Cell phone, tablet, PC, Xbox. Okay, what else do you want? They've given yep. you every option in the world to yep. be able to access it for nothing more than the same price. You did, you did forget well. refrigerator, by the way. FYI. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> you can play Skyrim on the fridge now. <laughs> so you know the you see what I'm saying? They've given you every option except for Sony and Nintendo. To be able to access their products, so I can't think of. And then, of course, what they're talking about with Samsung going onto the televisions, right? I'm sorry, the uh, X uh, X Cloud going onto the Samsung television. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, and that's a done deal.
4: Okay, there's a done deal. So now, when I turn on my Samsung TV, what am I going to see at the bottom? Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Game Pass. Yes, okay, it's all going to be there. How many more options do you need? Like, I don't get it. Anybody, but that's, you know what the thing is? Don't listen to these people, okay? Don't listen to the people. Listen to the mag. The mag is telling you that everything's going to be fine. You're going to be able to access it. People are just bitching and complaining because they want to, and it gets them attention. Don't give them the attention. All I know is that moving forward, this is a great deal for Microsoft. I do believe, I will light the candle in the window and stand on that hill, okay, that Bethesda games, the ZeniMax games, all of them, once they're done, those two Sony deals that they got with Ghostwire Tokyo, okay, and uh, the other one with the, the gun shooty game. I always forget the bloody name of it. Um, that uh, uh, Yeah, that's Just right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Gun shooty game. That's actually what's going to be called from <laughs> now on. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> the point is this. When those deals are done, everything will remain Xbox exclusive. Uh, sorry, Xbox ecosystem exclusive. Yeah. That's right. No, and that's, that, that's a great point.
0: I mean, and, and, and I think, like I said, at, at, at when you are looking to move your subscription, and you know, we have to look back. And again, this is one of those instances where, you know, Phil politely talks about this stuff, and he does it years and years in advance. People are like, what the hell is he talking about? When he said they wanted to get the uh, a piece of the pie with that in, that includes two plus billion gamers how do you think he was going to get there by selling you Xboxes no he was going to get you there with Project XCloud Project XCloud was built in conjunction with the ideology that comes behind Xbox Game Pass Ultimate so Places like Japan, places like Korea, places in Europe, places like Germany who have not only they're console based uh, diehard gamers, but the younger generation who plays on tablets, who plays on their phones, could now be a part of the Xbox ecosystem. And you cannot get people to come over to your ecosystem if you are giving the keys to the kingdom to Sony. Sony's, the sales the sale of, let's say Elder Scrolls 6 are not going to be that big of a deal on a PlayStation five where that you can't turn around and say, well, you know, we're going to get three, five, what, 5 million, uh, uh, you know, pieces of software sale, which by the way, Sony keeps 30% of that. No, what you do is you keep it on your platform. So all of those sales equate to what subscriptions to your service at $15 a month. That is how you do it. Gaming Forte. Are you back, sir? I am back. Okay, so let's close out the show with this final question for you. This Bethesda deal, we know and we've heard actually Phil Spencer say they can't talk about everything right now until the deal is done. But if you read the show notes, if you read the interview with Phil, his excitement certainly comes through in what he said and how he said it for you how important do you feel the Bethesda deal is to Microsoft's first party moving forward? And do you think they're going to keep these games exclusive?
5: So, uh, the one thing I will, I agree with Mag on is the fact that by purchasing Bethesda, they just gave themselves an identity that they lost probably a generation ago when, um, they, before they moved over to the original Xbox one, um, it's been pretty scattered with the um, which with direction Xbox wanted to kind of go in. Uh, we know that you know they are pretty much home and multiplayer used to be the shooter box. Now they're like trying to spread that out and get a lot of different um avenues for people to come in and want to play games and stuff. So by purchasing Bethesda, they instantly just become the number one place to play rpgs if you want to just say western rpgs that's fine too that's the majority of the ones that are out there uh and then think about it things like dragon quest 11 are in game pass which is one of the biggest um, um eastern rpgs so they they kind of corner the market in all those different areas um and they got a big uh breath of scope of what they're doing there when it comes to game pass and now when it comes to bethesda and their games so there's, there's different ways you could look at this. Me, I'm going to tell you up front right now, I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think they're going to stay particularly on Xbox. But there's the one thing that kind of sticks that I kind of think about when it comes to the acquisition is the $7.5 billion they spent. That's it's not like they're missing that money, that money, that, that money is just pocket change to Microsoft. They do. They did that in order to make a statement to say we are in it for gamers. We want you to know that we are serious about bringing you quality content to your platform now some people gonna say quality content you know bethesda and all their leaky games look the fact that they still purchase it should let you know that they're they they actually want to do it because i don't know any other company that's going out there spending that type of money to make sure that their customers know about the games that are coming to it and we know that those games are all going to end up in game pass for a fraction of the price that you will be paying for them if you like say you had to buy them in a store so Microsoft can do whatever they want to do with the IP when it comes to that. I think Phil Spencer is going to keep this very, very close to the vest for a while. I don't even think we're going to hear anything about what's going to happen with these games after the acquisition. I think in Xbox's mind, the exclusivity of Game Pass and then not being on PlayStation and the fact that, you may have to settle to spending sixty to seventy dollars for those games on another platform, whereas you can get a lot of the, all these games day in day in a subscription service for practically nothing because most of us have Game Pass for the next three years. Yep, and you don't even have to even buy like right like people keep saying you don't well you you still got to pay into Game Pass but yeah but most of us like the people that are like really talking about this my Game Pass doesn't run out to 2023 now. You know, I just got a... When I got Christmas gift, I said, just get me a year of Game Pass so I can add it to my subscription service. So I just added it on, and that year that I I lost, I got back. So now I'm up to three years again. So what's the thought process on somebody that's on PlayStation? Let's say Xbox says, yo, you know what? All the games are in Game Pass, and they're not coming to PlayStation. But what say if they come out and say... What about a year exclusivity saying you, you will not be able to play this on any other platform other than Xbox game pass or PC for the first calendar year that the game is out. Now, if you're somebody like me and somebody like boom, boom, did you buy Final Fantasy? uh, Did you go out and buy Final Fantasy um, seven remake on PlayStation? Yeah, I did. You wasn't going to wait, were you? No. Now I feel like, Either you're going to A, go out and buy it. You're either going to have a PC, so you're going to have access to Game Pass anyway, so you'll be able to play it over there. Or B, you're not going to wait a full calendar year if you want to play Elder Scrolls or Fallout or any of these games. You're probably going to go out and say, I'm about to just go get an Xbox, and the price of just getting into the ecosystem is way lower than actually going ahead and buying the games and stuff. So that could be one avenue that they can definitely dive into. Like I said, I don't think overall that's going to be the direction they want to go in because i think they want to make it right by their fans because i think this is more of a fan thing right now because it doesn't make sense on microsoft's end with the amount of money that they spent on it to basically just keep it as xbox it didn't make sense for minecraft because that's why they you know the 2.5 billion they spent on that and they made that back hell over fist by now so it doesn't make sense in that regard but if they do do this it's basically speaking to their fans saying you know what you guys have felt like we haven't given you guys quality content you guys complain about games being exclusive to pc and not coming over to xbox see gears tactics see see um See, uh, Flight Simulator that still hasn't come over from cons- from PC yet. You know, you guys feel like you've been left out in the cold on that. So, you know what? All of these games, they're only going to be sp- um, available on Xbox. And I think that's what the fans want to hear. Probably not what Microsoft wants to do, but that's what their fans want them to do. And Why? Yeah, you know
0: you you bring up you know you bring up a great point, and, yeah, yeah. and you know you know you know how Microsoft wins from do acting on your first point about how these games are only going to be here, they they win on two fronts. Yeah, Orte. They win with the core or the hardcore Xbox fans that have been kicked yep. on, while they're down for seven years, respectively, or disrespectfully, right? Yep. And then they get the same people that were doing the kicking. Now they have to uh, come over, even even if they don't want to, if they want to play Doom 3. They want to play Wolfenstein 5 or 5000 or whatever. And ever all of these other games, they're, they're going to have to come over to the Xbox ecosystem yeah. to play
5: these games. So they win on both fronts no they do and that, like i said it all ultimately comes down to what microsoft what microsoft want the, like who do microsoft want their fans to see them as? do they want them to see them as the white shiny armor coming in and basically saying we're all for you guys and we're not going to let these games go anywhere else or is it going to be a business decision they're going to say yo Maybe these games will go somewhere else. We're not going to really talk about that. Like I said, I think that's going to be the question that's going to be really answered. And I will be very surprised. And and I hope I'm wrong. I'll be surprised if Phil Spencer, within the month of the acquisition going through, still even answers that question about where these games are going to go. Because I think that's a very fluid situation in the way that they actually want to. Because... Think about it. If they come out and say exclusive only to Xbox, that kind of shuts the door on them ever bringing those games to any other platform other than PC, Xbox, Game Pass, and stuff like that. So they're, because you know, the fans are going to get on them like crazy if they do, they go backwards on that. See how they're doing Jim Ryan right now. Ultimately, that may not even matter because gamers have short attention spans when it comes to stuff like that. And they just want to play games ultimately when it comes down to it. So if I had to put my money down on it, I believe the game stay exclusive to Xbox. I do believe that overall... It's going to be a move to basically just celebrate, like you just said, how gamers on Xbox felt like they've been put down for so long. You know, Sony went out and tried to buy Starfield and say it's going to be exclusive. It's kind of funny that now Starfield's going to be exclusive <laughs> to Xbox, you know? It so is. It's yeah. kind of crazy when you think about that. But the ultimate thing is going to... Re- and I think Starfield is going to be the ultimate test because I made a video on this. And Starfield is the one game that Xbox and Phil Spencer have consistently talked about ever since this acquisition. And the reason I think it's going to be big is because I think that game is a lot closer than people think it is. I think that game... We already know how Bethesda is with their marketing. They'll come out and announce a game three, four months before it's ready to come out and say, and you'll be playing it this fall. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Starfield does release this year. And that might be the the first drop of a hat that we do get from Xbox when they get this acquisition. Or it could be something that's coming out next year. But I do think Starfield will be the test to see what's going to happen with Bethesda's games going forward. And if they say exclusive to Game Pass, exclusive to PC, and not going to any other platform, I think that would be the right direction for Xbox, at least in the short term, to show their gamers that we're about you guys and we're not about trying to, you know, make all this money back ultimately because that's kind of the direction that We want Xbox to go in because we felt like it's been kind of a disrespectful um, generation. We barely got any new game. We didn't. I mean, we got a couple of new games. But what groundbreaking theatrical games that you can say Xbox can hang their hat on? Gears of War is one of them. The High Buster DLC says a lot. Yeah, it sure does. That speaks a lot. And that shows a lot of, um, a lot of, um, it shows a lot of love and care that they put into that. The fact that Rob Ferguson isn't there anymore, and I guarantee he has something to do with this DLC to an extent before he left, but it shows that they're competent, and I think that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to from Xbox going forward, and them having these games exclusive will just add to that narrative.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. This, you know, Obviously the spring will be upon us before we know it. They're talking about late February. I would imagine probably the third or or as as late as the uh fourth week of the uh, of of the of the month and the deal is going to get done and i and i'm right there with you i think starfield releases this year i think it releases on xbox and pc only and i think i think just based on Um, What we're seeing, and we talked about this on last week's um, The Xbox Factor podcast, they they are setting themselves up for one heck of a 2021 when you're talking about games coming on the Xbox platform. And the first big bomb uh, is going to be Bloober Teams, The Medium, which releases in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait for. But listen, folks, this has been... An incredible two hours. We got to all three topics. We had the entire panel give their full-on points on it. And of course, we had two special guests. So let's get into the outros and get everyone on out of here. We're going to start with our friend from down under, D Black Raven. Not only did you kill it on tonight's show, we are definitely going to have you back on a future episode. Do me a favor, brother. Tell everyone where they can follow you on social media.
1: Well, first and most foremost, I just want to say a big thank you to all the supporters. They pushed me to get into the podcast. Nice. And I had a, I've had a lot of, I had a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter, DBlackRaven and Xbox D Black Raven. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you guys next time. Well, definitely, brother. And we're definitely going
0: to have you back for sure. And good luck on tomorrow's episode with Newf Newcomb and that crazy crew over there. Mag, you'll be a part of that as well. And, of course, you'll be doing your podcasting duties once again on Wilmy Hood's show on Wednesday. And, of course, we love everyone on that panel. Uh, next up, Cybernox. Why don't you tell everyone about where they can follow you on social media? But more importantly,
2: check you out, your YouTube channel absolutely man i felt great to be back here a new year um it was i was glad to you know just Talk games again with you guys. Crispy's always a pleasure, my brother, my CT brother, in right here. That's Uh, right. The Black Black Raven, he was so good because he's from the future. He already knew everything everybody was going to say. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) No, it was great, man. Fantastic Cybernox, you know, on Twitter, Xbox, if you ever want to hit me up so we can play some games. I'm also going to start, uh, putting out some more content on my second uh channel that's uh, xbox game pass club that's where we play games pretty much exclusively from xbox game pass that's you know we treat it kind of like a uh, like a book club we just play it discuss the game and we you know keep it it's step by step we, we just try to complete the game uh together um it's a really fun way and we we get a lot of good discussions over there so uh yeah xbox game pass club on twitter as well on youtube and uh yeah can't wait to be here next week and talk some more gaming with you guys appreciate it well thanks for being
0: here brother as always uh crispy bomb welcome first of all thank you so much for bailing us out uh having your voice on tonight's show with as much passion as you brought to the table was fantastic tell everyone where they can follow you on social media, potentially be cut in half with your chainsaw gun that you carry at the ready? And also, what other shows are you a part of? Oh, well, you know, Boom,
3: I I love being on any podcast that you uh, attribute yourself to and make it happen, as I like to say, because you just throw them out there sometimes. I'm like, wait this is happening no (laughs) it's it's always fun to see your passion and and i appreciate that you love my passion and yes it is gears of war yeah that's right bring it (laughs) at christian bomb on twitter christian bomb 28 xbox live we got retro renegades tomorrow night 7 p.m You got uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m., we got the next podcast, and yes, we go in on all consoles and we have fun with it. It's always a great time. And then, of course, right after 10 a.m., Breakfast with Boom,
0: Fridays. Yes, and you'll be back this week, and uh, I'm working on that show. It's going to be a big, big show with uh, hopefully getting a couple of big-time guests as well. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, it's great to have you not only, uh, you know, guest appear today, but, of course, return, because last week you weren't there for uh, the first BWB of the year. But we're we're very happy to get you back. Next up, we're going to go to The Mag. Mag, do me a favor, brother. Tell everyone about where they could reach out to you on social media. Potentially check out some of your shenanigans on Twitter. (laughs) And also, what other shows are you a part of?
4: oh yes guys it was an absolute pleasure to be here tonight as always d black graven crispy bomb uh, always wondered uh, w- wonderful to have uh, guests on the show and uh, to the chat you guys are wonderful tonight uh, everybody was really inviting and nice and uh, it's nice to see a lot of positivity out there but anyways as for me you can find me on twitter at the middle age game guy that's with a g y at the end and uh, you could find me on the xbox and the playstation 5 that's right And I have one name for both consoles, and they're all in capitals and one word because I don't know how to be quiet. It is I am (laughs) the Mag. That's with two Gs. You can find me there. You can hit me up anytime. Add me as a friend. DM me if you like. Just don't tell me too many personal problems. But anyways, let's just play some (laughs) games. But anyways, guys, you can follow me there now. You can find me here every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Mr. Boomstick XL and friends on Primetime Gaming. Tuesday night, you can find me 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with none other than Noof Nukem, Titan Drago. And tomorrow night, our special guest is none other than D. Black Raven. That's right. We're going to be doing back to – it's a doubleheader, folks – So we're going to be doing that uh, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guys, it was a pleasure as always. I always look forward to the show. Always look forward to Monday nights, more so than Monday night football. This is the biggest thing of the week. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next time.
0: Well, thanks so much for being here, brother. And last, and in no way least, making his return appearance, Gaming Forte, brother. You are the busiest podcaster in the business, but you also have an incredible YouTube channel and a new show weekly with Slow Mo Backslap. Tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, potentially tune in to your YouTube channel and check you out on the other shows you guest appear weekly.
5: Oh man, first of all, this is uh this was a this was great. Being back on the show with you guys is always an amazing thing. Uh anytime I can get to listen to the Italian over there, Mag just go crazy. I can't <laughs> wait to that's one thing. I can't wait for his segment tomorrow on um on um gaming at the Dark where he turns into the man, the myth, the legend at the end of every show. Uh so that's gonna be a good time over there, D Black, right? I I thoroughly enjoy my time on that show with them but um yeah it's a gaming forte youtube twitter xbox live playstation uh if you are into xbox come to the channel we do uploads every monday wednesday and friday on the channel we talk about xbox on those days if you're super into destiny because destiny as you can see by the avatar is one of my favorite games of all time i make content on destiny and the channel is doing really well on Destiny content. So that stuff goes up basically whenever something relevant is in the game. So you got your Destiny content, you got your Xbox content all in one place. So if you enjoy that, please come to the channel and subscribe. We also do the DPS podcast every Thursday night. My boy Slomo Backslap does that with me. Last week it was on my channel on Thursday. This week it will be on his channel on Thursday at 9pm. We rotate. And then we also have the Mooch. That's every Thursday. Friday and, and friday 7 p.m way too many shows that i'm on yeah and then, and then we also yes, got, are. and then we also have the Brat podcast every wednesday night at wow. 9 p.m uh-huh. so so much so much so much so much going on but uh i really truly appreciate you guys it's always uh A great time being here with you. And boom, as always, you know, you mean everything to me. And I'm still upset that we didn't meet at E3 this year.
0: Yeah, I know. But you know what, dude? There's going to be other E3s for sure. There's no doubt about it. They're going to come back in a big way. And we're all going to be out there. Me, you, uh, you know, uh, potentially slow mo, even like to get him him out there. We're going to get Brap out there. We're going to, I think we're going to make it happen. Maybe not this year per se, but I think definitely the following year for sure. But listen, folks, this has been incredible uh, way to start the week. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself and uh, if you did and you're new, please consider subscribing to the channel and also before you get on out of here, let's get these likes up. Hit the thumbs up bu- button if you enjoyed it. Hit the thumbs down button if you didn't or leave a nasty message for me to delete in the chat. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but uh, now folks, all jokes aside, you guys and gals, support this channel in a big way. I want to thank the super chats that came in. Of course, you power the show in order to uh enabling me and Mrs. Boom to do as many giveaways as we did last year. And we're going to try and, and try. And I say try and up the ante in 2021. Of course, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught me. And I think now it we need this more than ever. And he's to say, son, treat others how you want to be treated, or and also it doesn't cost anything. To be nice, you live by those rules, and I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. Be safe. Enjoy gaming wherever you enjoy gaming. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of Primetime Gaming with Mr. Boomstick and Friends.